What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Bludgeoning Podcast for another episode. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna fuck it up this time. Yeah. I'm Jonas, and along with me, I'm Jason. my brother, my brother, me brew, <laughs> me brother, Jason. Did you see that? Uh, Tom Hanks' son at the Golden Globe Awards. It's like the cringiest thing I've ever seen. Oh no! Don't Tom. don't even tell me about it. No, uh, I, I, Tom Hanks' son Chet Hanks, not Colin Hanks. Oh, Chet. Chet, <laughs> Chet Hanks. He's on. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing. He's on the. Uh, he's on the red carpet, and they're like, "Oh, Chet Hanks, what do you think of your father getting the um, Cecil B. whatever award?" And he's like, "Big ups to me, father Tom Hanks. It's me, Chet and the Hanks here." Fly from the red carpet, and he's going into on this path. Oh no! Oh, it's the most cringiest oh, fucking thing. Oh my I've... god! Big ups to me, father Tom Hanks. The Cecil B. Was he high or on drugs or <laughs> I drunk? <laughs> they Tom, let you drink at that show, so Tom Hanks was probably like, "Oh no, <laughs> my son's an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, big ups on this show on the Bludgeoning Podcast, the Tom Hanks. Uh, this episode we interviewed Martin. From At The Gates. Martin Larson. He's uh, the rhythm, I would say the rhythm guitarist. Yeah, the rhythm guitarist of the At The Gates. And uh, mailman, he might be your local mailman. <laughs> if you're from Sweden. If you're from Sweden. Yeah, he uh, he delivers mail and plays death metal. Yeah. So. I mean, being a mailman, that's a good job. That is a good <laughs> job. I've tried. I applied. So have I. I had an interview once. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they wanted uh, they wanted someone I won't, I won't bore you but they just basically wanted to just call me whenever they wanted. Yeah, that's like, how it starts in Canada. Yeah, if you want to be a mailman, <laughs> so fucked that we both know this. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah we yeah we I have a fucking two degrees and I looked at being a mailman. So that's <laughs> yeah, what life in Canada is like mailman are pretty. It's a pretty good job. But I want being in at the gates is also a pretty good job. Dude, if you could be in a fucking legendary death metal band. And, and hold a, a job. And hold a mailman job. <laughs> fucking hell yeah. Oh, That'd yeah, be sick. Yeah. They say things Sweden lets their fucking mailmen just go on tour. Like, what if it's Christmas time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how that works. But yeah, this was a pretty cool uh, opportunity. This is probably the biggest venue in Toronto that would hold a metal show. This was also probably our biggest interview day show slash because we we got into interview at the gates which is a legendary gothenburg band band and arch enemy which yeah. is a it's fucking arch enemy yeah so yeah it was pretty weird. and the fucking show yeah this show fucking at the gates arch enemy and then amana marth the gods amana marth that was best concert i've ever seen in my life yeah will ever see in my life and i'll dance on ramstein's grave and say that it was unbelievable man for like you obviously seeing ramstein was a spectacle but ramstein's got unlimited money and like massive infrastructure and all that shit and i'm on a marth for a fucking small show in a small small venue that was a fucking spectacle well, a small man. venue like, well like medium quote unquote vent small venue it's like the biggest metal venue the biggest probably. small venue that you can yeah. think of. It's like a 5,000 capacity or something like yeah. that. Like, I saw Kendrick Lamar there. <laughs> so yeah, like it's big. I mean, it's it's big, but it's still not like an arena or anything. Yeah, yeah. And Johan Hegg, man, he's the best. He's the best fucking front man in metal today, I think. Oh, yeah. He's up there for sure. He's just fucking amazing. That, if you missed the chance to see the Berserker tour, 
I mean, the, all I, their shows are awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I've seen them, but like I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen them once or twice before. I think no, only one time, and they had like a big fucking pirate ship on the stage. Yeah. So pirate ship. or a long a longboat, like like a Viking ship. I, it's because they, I think they played with swashbuckler. Oh, or swashbuckle. Really? Oh, really? So yeah. that's why I was thinking pirate. They're a headlining uh, Vakken this year. A Monomarth. Yeah. That'll be unreal. I bet you. That. I wonder if they have like a new a new setup for that. Maybe. Yeah, I doubt it. I bet you they're doing the same tour in Europe. I bet you they they have to keep all that shit. Oh, that's the cost alone. Because they got to ship it all back to Europe now. For yeah. European leg of that tour, it'd be insane not to. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, at the gates. Um, we get into like how kind of like it's a phenomenon that they What's, what slaughter of the souls become yeah, what slaughter of the soul even like years after its release kind of like a resurgence remember we talked about the album a lot and talked about how he doesn't really want they didn't really want to do an album tour of the album and now they are <laughs> yeah, yeah saying that and that's what's happening but uh yeah so yeah enjoy our interview with Martin Larson of At The Gates here on The Bludgeoners. Welcome to the Bludgeoning Podcast. We're here with Martin from At The Gates. How's it going? How's the tour going? Great. It's going great so far. Yeah? We feel like we were talking about it's like, oh, it's been like, for so long we didn't get any At The Gates here in Toronto for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And now twice in the last year you guys have been here. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's awesome. <laughs> we're not complaining. It's nice to see no, you guys finally coming around a lot. Just very happy to be here. Yeah, you guys are doing some big tours. First that uh, Behemoth tour and now here on the I'm on a Marth tour. It's, it's exciting for at the time for at the gates, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're trying to uh, reach new people. That's thus doing the support tours. With some, times. is there plans to come back for a headlining tour soon, or do headlining tours? Yeah, eventually, of course. There's no definite plans right now, but but eventually we'll we'll come on our own. Yeah. When you're doing these big tours, is it all the time? Is it? Do you guys get in the studio? Do you guys write on the bus? What do you guys? Are you we're, working we're, on working on a we're new album? Writing very slowly, but we're we've begun writing for the next one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, after so many years off, is it kind of? I guess you've been back together now for almost nine years. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight or nine years now. Right. And two albums. Do you guys feel like you guys wrote so many albums early on before the first breakup? Do you feel like oh, you know, we're just gonna take things slow this time? Or? I think we always do. We. we um, once we feel like we have material that's good enough, we, we release something or we, we start recording. Right. So, uh, and that's that's the same thing's gonna happen next time or this time. Just uh, whenever we feel like we have stuff that's good enough, we'll... You, can, we'll you, kinda, you don't want to just rush into anything, right? right. You want yeah, yeah, to yeah. make sure that it's suitable for Def- at the gates and definitely, right? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think every band that we've, we've talked to, we've asked if they write on tour or anything, and a lot of the consensus seems to be no but with like such extensive touring and you guys want to reach new audiences is yeah, it something yeah. that you kind of have to find time on the on, yeah, on the road we definitely didn't used to but but now and also the the, 
circumstances are better nowadays. The, the technical stuff, it's, it's, it's much easier yeah. to, to bring stuff with you and record. You can you record, know, ideas. if you think of a good lick, you can write it on your, you can record it on your phone yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? So, you couldn't so do that, that yeah, back in no, the day. That, that's much easier now, yeah. definitely, yeah. And not like, just remember, trying to remember, like, oh, is that fucking thing I wrote? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like that all the time. I, 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 I have ideas and then I, you know, just, they, they just pass through my head and I forget them. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking, to, we like to talk to bands that come from very popular scenes. Right. about what the fuck was going on in that scene that created such and Gothenburg in the 90s what, what was going on in that scene in the early 90s that spawned such amazing music yeah I'm, you know I'm, it's like there's Florida New York Gothenburg yeah yeah I'm, 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 I'm sorry about that I, I'm kind of oblivious to that yeah? it, it all seemed to happen after after us in one way the, the, the whole Gothenburg thing right you uh, think so? yeah there, you, you there definitely always... were seeds of it, you know, when we were when we were around. But but the the whole Gothenburg thing, to me, in uh, to, in my experience, it happened it happened later. For me, it was always Stockholm in, in Sweden. Right. Okay. Uh, it's funny because you get a lot of the credit for that Swedish death metal sound. Yeah, you're always loved, you're always like grouped in with with those those early like always guys. every time I everything I read or you know yeah, yeah, understanding yeah, it's yeah. like oh you know it's at the gate started that melodic death metal sound. Do you guys not kind of like to take credit for that? Well, I don't really think of it. You know, it, right. it's it's it, it is what it is. Uh, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just you know. It's just it's, what it is. Yeah. You yeah. guys just wrote death metal music, and if people want to give you credit for it, that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But, but uh, usually, all all kind of subgenres are are after constructs anyway. From, right. It's usually like, like journalists or whoever, or fans that just all of a sudden it's a it's a thing. And, right. and the ones behind it, they they have no idea. Right. So, yeah. Well, you you would like I see Dark Tranquility. They like to say that they were like that they like they like the fact that people credit them as these melodic death metal pioneers. We, okay. You guys don't really feel that vibe. You're just like whatever. We just played music. Yeah. yeah whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> was it like what inspired? Well, was there inspiration to put more melody into? I think we like oh I like grave a lot but I also like no I, I think with us we're we're the one generation that uh, I mean we're all early really early seventies we're the one generation that that grew up with heavy metal becoming more and more extreme right so when we recorded Slaughter the Soul that become became some kind of like gateway album or right. whatever you know we don't really it, it's not healthy to think about those right things, it's know, hard to be like oh man this is like this yeah. amazing like but but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah but never mind uh, so, <laughs> so when, when we recorded that we came out of a really bad situation bad tours and whatever right and so we it was kind of like a, uh, partly like a just like a primal scream of whatever just just a reaction to, to bad things and also in one way kind of like a comfort album thing right. we wanted to make a, a, a class, classic metal album the, right. the kind we grew up with like the, the priests and the maidens and right. what have you Dio uh, but but then since we were in that situation growing up I mean when we were 10 like multi fucking crew were lethal you know right. it, it, that was that was extreme music right uh, so it it just became filtered through all these you know um, these uh, levels of metal that we grew up with so thus slaughter of the soul that, that that's how it happened right that, uh, that that was you know our version of a classic metal album because because of all, all our experiences in, in extreme music right. 
so it was just a, a natural thing that just yeah, happened yeah. like oh we love maiden and priest but you have these and also all the, 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 the underground stuff we grew up with right so yeah was when was the what was this underground stuff that you grew up with like grave and stuff like that oh or? yeah yeah all, all the classic swedish bands grave nihilist but the, they were kind of like uh, uh contemporaries they're more contemporaries yeah, than yeah, influences yeah. right but also a huge chunk of the the, the american stuff you know the early death uh, more evangel what have you yeah. you know whoever uh, the um we all tape tra traded back then, right? right? And yeah. and you know wrote for demos and, and whatever. So I could name drop for an hour, right? Of know. course, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you came out of the when you went into the studio, when you when you were in the studio recording Slaughter of the Soul, were you like, did you know that this was gonna be? Did, no, did, no. Did you have a no feeling way. that this was gonna be a thing that would define your career for the next twenty five years? No, that wasn't even thinkable back then. Doing what we do now, like making a decent living off of and playing music that wasn't that was just you know wild dreams back then right. not even so we just wanted to make music that you know spoke to us right. to ourselves you hear some people talk about when they were it's probably looking back on things with 2020 vision right right but like like oh you know we just felt something special when we were in the studio mm -hmm. but you just felt like you were just making well, of, course, of course it was special I mean we were super um, satisfied with, with the music ourselves but then the next step you know how it's going to be received that you know you don't really think about that when you're right. when you're writing stuff and recording stuff yourself that, that comes after did it kind of feel like like a big halt when you had to put out this amazing album and then all of a sudden the band breaks up did it feel like there was did you just feel like you had more in you or yeah probably it's such a long time ago it's right 25 years ago uh but things definitely started happening but not on this level but right. you know uh, compared to what we did the years before, right. it was uh, we started getting tours because we, we we had trouble getting good tours back then. Right. And then after that, we had a, a European tour with Unleashed. We had uh, two American tours with Morbid Angel and Napalm Death. Right. Uh, so from doing uh, like a handful of shows each year, maybe not a handful, but maybe twenty-ish shows a year, we we did I think one hundred and fifty shows. Right uh, on on that's slaughter, so that that's kind of one reason why it all you know it was got burnt out. Yeah, quickly. yeah, yeah. Is now, playing, you know, when you come out with Slaughter of the Soul and you break up and you come back and you start writing new material, that that older the older stuff tends to get buried, right? Yeah. And how often do you guys get go back into the catalog and bring those ones out for the shows? I, I wish you could we could do that more often. I, I'm really into the early stuff. But it's not very well received, sadly. Uh, it's it is much different from from the straight ahead later stuff. So, and that kind of affects the whole feeling of the show when we play a song and everyone just looks at us like, yeah. "What's this?" And right. you know, it kind of there's ten guys in there. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" I've been yeah, yeah. For this. And yeah. I I love those guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm super into it myself. But but it kind of brings the whole energy down. Right. So uh, we we but there's a, a a big show in Europe called Roadburn in, yeah. in Netherlands. We play that in April. Mm -hmm. So and that was that it's just three thousand something re real music mm -hmm. fans uh, in in one venue, and uh, 
that, that that's a good opportunity to to bring back some some of the older stuff. Well, so when we talked to Enslaved Ivar from Enslaved, he right. said he said the same thing about Roadburn. Yeah, yeah. That it's this amazing festival to just you know just pour just be artistic, just do what yeah, you want, yeah, and yeah, you're not, yeah. there's no expectations for anything. Just right. perform what you want to perform, and the people just heat it up. It's a very it's a very music nerd yeah, friendly yeah, place. Yeah. So for this tour, we only have 35 minutes, right. so we, we try to keep it real tight and, and energetic and just a, a big punch in the face. People want to hear the hits. Especially going with Arch Enemy and yeah, Monarch, yeah, which yeah. are huge. So that, that huge. means we only play songs from the three latest re yeah. releases, but but I think it's it's a it's a fucking good set that we're no, playing. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're looking at it, we're pretty good. excited. And Drink From The Night itself was a very well-received album as cool. well, Thank right? You. Well, yeah. I. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys. No, we, we're very happy with it ourselves. Yeah. I would hope so. It's it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. very good. I'd... As I said, uh, we we, um, we we only record something that we we're really confident that right. that's that it's good. So yeah. Um, when all the other guys started the haunted and uh, Thomas did Disfear, were you kind of like? What were you doing in those days? Because you didn't really play in either one, right? No, no, no. I, I, I kept playing, but very low level, right. rehearsing three times a week with just you know. Uh, uh, I had a punk band. I had a, a prog rock band, uh, but just playing because I, I like playing. Right. Uh, but not really with any ambition. And then I, I was a postman. <laughs> oh, really? Eh? Yeah. Hey, that's a good gig, though. Yeah, it's all right. Well, it's better. It, uh, yeah. It's it's probably not the most. It's not the same as being a rock star, but <laughs> no, it no, pays no, the but, bills, right? Oh, yeah. It's 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 good 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 fuel for creativity. Definitely yeah. having a like a dead beat job. Yeah. I, I frame pig barns, so <laughs> I know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you what? How did the whole thing come back together for you to get back? It was. It? off and on for years before it finally happened but it, uh, you know not that I'm you know I don't believe in that crap but you know eventually the stars aligned right yeah so, I know what yeah. you're saying yeah yeah not literally no no, no <laughs> not, but, you're not but, just, just, just <laughs> one way of phrasing it yeah uh, no it was uh, because because everyone's really busy with all different kinds of things Eventually, we all had space, uh, a space to to do this. Yeah. And I think mainly Anders, the the, the old guitar player, because he was the one that quit first in '96. Right. Okay. He felt kind of badly because there there was never a, a, a proper closure. Right. So thus, 2008, it was a, it was designed as a as a farewell. Right. And then three years later, we thought, well, what the hell. Let's, let's do another let's, album. Let's do more. Yeah, felt good, right? Yeah, yeah. You probably had so many riffs and ideas in your head oh, yeah, for yeah. years. Well, that came years. even later, actually. But that, uh, but yeah. For a year, for those like you know, twenty years, or not twenty, like fifteen years that you're off, you were writing riffs, be like, oh, this would be a fucking great at the gate song, like. Yeah, I can't imagine that you had yeah. fifteen years of ideas that you're like finally like. Right, right. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> is, any, is any of that coming through on the new stuff, or is it kind of like? You you wrote this stuff when you guys were off, and or is it just completely fresh? It's, it's completely fresh. Uh, I have I have a few ideas that I've kept for years, but that hasn't really fit before. We'll we'll see what happens. But but for the last one, uh, Jonas, the bass player, wrote, wrote all of it. Okay. Uh, usually him and and his brother Anders, who quit now, yeah, uh, wrote 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 like ninety nine percent. So I think when when Anders quit, Jonas. Really wanted to prove, prove to himself and to the band that he, he could do it on his own. That he could, and, and you know, I said, 
fine colors. So yeah. Yeah, you're like sure. I'll play what you write. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's relatively new to the band. Was that? No, that's the other Jonas. Oh, the other yeah, Jonas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was. We like... have two Jonas. Uh, Jonas the bass player. He's a he's a former member. Right, okay. uh, for forming member. Right. Okay. Uh, but Jonas, uh, the guitar player, he's new from this album forward. Right. Yeah. It's funny. My name is Jonas. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, and I'm Martin. So, you know, <laughs> and I've like gone my entire life without ever meeting another Jonas, and you've got so many Jonases in your life. I, I guess it's more European than, than yeah. American. Yeah, people yeah. always. Be, all the European bands we interview, they always call me Jonas. Like, I oh, wish yeah. I like, people called me Jonas. I like that better. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in my life, it's like, oh, this is a weird name that people are always like, oh, no, that's a weird name. Yeah. I got the Weezer fucking references all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I haven't, trust me. Oh, yeah. 30 <laughs> years, 30 years of not being able to forget about it. So, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Enjoy the show tonight, man. And, I will. And we'll, hopefully we'll, we'll see you back on a headline tour. You guys can play an hour and a half or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, right. Brian. Cool. It was really fun. <laughs>